Today is Thursday, August 17th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Over 300 churches destroyed and counting. Plus, our interview with Mike Pence. We'll have those top stories and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us as well, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me now to get through the news of the Cray, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gons Phillips. What's up, gentlemen? It's Friday, Junior. We've made it. Almost. <laughs> almost. Right? We're, We're almost there. there. Hang in there, everybody. Our... Trey, we've got uh, the focus story coming up. There was an ESPN host, a Christian one, who announced that they're leaving the network. So we'll have the details on that in a few minutes. Yeah, it's an interesting story because it's been an ongoing saga for a while. We'll get into the, we'll break down the details of that story. All right, looking forward to that. Also, as I mentioned, our own Abigail Robertson sat down with presidential candidate Mike Pence. Talked, he talked Trump, Biden, faith, and a whole lot more. We'll have that on the main thing. But first, we are going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. A fierce battle between Hindus and Christians is raging in a remote part of Northeast India, with some human rights experts blaming the country's government for fueling the violence. What started as a feud over economic benefits now has the state teetering on the brink of war. And the state called Manipur in India here means land of jewels, but it's affectionately known as the Switzerland of India for its natural beauty and remoteness. Looks more like a war zone today, however, and religious and ethnic clashes between a Hindu majority and a tribal Christian minority have led to over 300 churches being destroyed. David Curry talked to CBN. You can check out the full conversation over there. And as the community looks for help in Hawaii, agencies like CBN's Operation Blessing are ramping up efforts to help in this time of need. As the search for survivors continues, some residents are sharing their incredible testimonies of survival and how God helped. CBN's George Thomas has the report there over at CBNNews.com. And a Texas woman marked her 114th birthday, surrounded by five generations of family and friends. Her name is Elizabeth Francis. She was born in 1909. She's got a 94-year-old daughter. It's incredible. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. Guys, I'm just a 94-year-old daughter and you're still alive. That's just, uh, that's incredible. Longevity. That That is is longevity. longevity. That's pretty incredible to think like what it is that you've seen in your lifetime. Like to, to live that long, you've seen the world change for better and then for worse in a lot of ways. But, uh, it's cool to be able to have that recollection and, and compare 2023 to, you know, whenever you were, you were born. Yeah. And your yeah. youth, you know, your young years, seven, eight, nine years old is world war one is going on. Yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd have to have some memories of that. And it would just be really interesting to talk to her about just what life was like in yeah. her early years. And, you know, the early 1900s, the roaring twenties, she was in her teens and approaching her 20s, obviously towards the end of that, then the Great Depression, going through that as as a young adult. I mean, just just incredible stuff. World War II. I mean, and then the technological age, having lived most of her life, and then all of a sudden the internet. I mean, it would just be great to... And, and then all of the nonsense of yeah. the last few years. Imagine yeah. you but watch honestly, all the progression, though, and then you see 
this. To a, a lot of the perspective that she probably brings, right? Yeah. Because she knows like uh, these are, th- there are some things that obviously really matter. And then there's some things that we might freak out about that she's like, you know what? I lived through the Great Depression. I saw World War One. I. I lived through World War II. Like, you're going to be fine. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And also the evolution of race in America and how that's right. changed yeah. um, from the time she was young until now. And then I, I would just love to hear her take on everything that is complained about today. I would just love to see what she says. But nevertheless, that's that's a positive story in the midst of all of the other stories going on right now. And you can, as I said, check out most of those over at CBNnews.com. We're going to head over to the focus story now on a Christian ESPN host announced she's leaving the network. So what happened here, Trey? So her name is Sage Steele. She's a Christian, has been pretty outspoken about her faith. And she announced on social media earlier this week that she's leaving ESPN, which is, of course, a Disney-owned sports network. Uh, she posted a, a short tweet on Twitter, uh, or I guess we should call it X now. Uh, but <laughs> she wrote, uh, life update, having successfully settled my case with ESPN and Disney, I have decided to leave so I can exercise my First Amendment rights more freely. I'm grateful for so many wonderful experiences over the past 16 years, and I'm excited for my next chapter. And then ESPN, in a statement of their own, they wrote, ESPN and Sage Steele have mutually mutually agreed to part ways. We thank her for her many contributions over the years. Uh, so, yeah, interesting Interesting development there and decision for her to just walk away because she is a popular host on the network. Yeah, she certainly is. And what got her in hot water with ESPN in the first place? Yeah, so the case that she was talking about uh, was actually a legal case. She filed a lawsuit against Disney and ESPN. Uh, she claimed that the network breached her terms, uh, the terms in her contract over its reaction to comments that she made in September 2021 uh, when she appeared on a podcast and she criticized uh, the Walt Disney Company uh, and ESPN for a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. And uh, she also talked about former President Donald Trump. Uh, Sage Steele is herself biracial, and she was just kind of critical of, of Obama, uh, really claiming just the, the black side of his family and not embracing the reality that he also came from uh, a, a white family too, right? That his mother was white and his father was, uh, was black. Uh, and she was saying he really shouldn't, rather than just playing into the politics and using this as a way, his skin tone as a way to advance his politics, he should be honest and acknowledge that he uh, comes from two different ethnicities like she does. Uh, that, of course, got her in, in hot water, both of those things. Uh, and uh, ESPN you know, wanted to sideline her, briefly suspend her uh, for those comments because ESPN has a rule that anchors, hosts, uh, employees are not allowed to speak on political, cultural, societal issues. Uh, Sage, though, claimed that they really just apply that rule uh, with certain people. They don't apply with other people. Uh, her suggestion was that people who are more left-leaning, they're allowed to slide. They'll say things that might be a little bit problematic, but they don't get in trouble. Uh, whereas because she was taking a different tack, uh, she believes that she was targeted uh, by ESPN, by the Walt Disney Company. So she filed a lawsuit against them. And and this is essentially the end result of that is the, the decision to part ways. 
Very interesting. What else has Sage been open about? Yeah. So like I said, she's very open about being a Christian. She doesn't have any problem uh, talking about her faith. Uh, so she's been very open about that. She's also actually, as somebody who covers sports, uh, she's been really open about the transgender issue and women in sports and protecting women in sports, uh, which is also something that could eventually obviously land her in hot water yet again uh, with ESPN, because she's not afraid to say that we need to have laws in place that protect teams that are designed for women. We shouldn't be allowing uh, men who identify as women to be playing on those teams. Uh, so yeah, there's a whole host of issues that she's been pretty open about and willing to talk about. But I think the most important as believers is that she's been able to infuse or she's been comfortable, I should say, to infuse her faith uh, into all these issues. Because if you don't have a, if you don't have a moral compass that's rooted in Christianity and rooted in the word of God, uh, all of this stuff is going to fall away. She might have the right opinion on something, but if it's not, if it's not rooted in, in faith, uh, then it's not really valuable. So yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see where she lands. Yeah. It, and it's good to see somebody taking control of a situation like this, because it seems like people who aren't just don't happen to share the, I guess, safe opinion these days on certain controversial issues are essentially unable to speak about them for fear of losing their jobs as or getting in trouble with your work or being, you know, um, hurt at your job and, and hindered at your job and ha and so causing problems of staying there when you have these opinions. And it's it's really interesting to see how America, which was always kind of built on our First Amendment rights, has has sort of degraded and, and downgraded into this culture in which only some views are tolerated. Only some views are accepted and all the honchos at all these different uh, social media places and media companies and big, big companies, they all seem to say, well, you have to have this opinion or else. And they work in lockstep together. And so people like Sage are actually quite brave to take on a fight like this because it could cost them their career, it could cost them very much financially. So it's uh, you can't underestimate, I think, when somebody takes a stand like this. Well, yeah, and I think the important thing, too, is people who have the the financial ability, the platform that they can take a stand like this, yeah. I think is important because when people who ha have a large platform set the example, I think the more people who do that, it makes it more possible or it creates a better environment for people who are less famous uh, to, to take a stand as well. We need people to set examples uh, for us because our culture, as we've talked about many times before, uh, is only going to become increasingly hostile to our moral values, to Christianity, to the word of the Lord. So, uh, yeah, we need people who are willing to and able to go first and kind of pave that way for people. Yeah, you know, it makes me wonder... This, this is one of those complicated conversations too, right? Like, you know, does a business have the right to have a perspective? Does a company have the right to have a perspective? Disney has very much made its perspective known on all of these issues, right? So when they create a policy, it's one thing if that policy is going to be equally treated, you know, across the board. But even so, Disney, like whose rights win out? The employee and their free speech rights or the company and its right to have a perspective. It goes back to the bakers, which obviously it's hard to compare a baker to Disney. But the point is, where does that line fall? And I don't have the answer to it, but I do think it's a really interesting debate and dynamic. But again, you have to wonder, she's more conservative in her views. She's more counter Disney. They probably wouldn't be saying as much if you fell in line with what they believe. 
Right. Exactly. And and that it is an interesting conversation to have about where is that line? Where where does the company able to have its beliefs? Um, you do want companies to have rights to be able to not be forced to have to have certain things that they don't agree with either on their airwaves or or by representatives of their company. But at the same time, people should be allowed to you know say what they want to say. I, I just think it's probably an overcorrection at this point towards censoring. At some point, you can understand if somebody's out there being crazy and it's making the company look bad, regardless of the opinion, maybe they just don't want any controversy and then they get canned because they won't shut up. Well, sometimes that's just good business sense. But right now in our culture, it seems very much like here's the approved view. If you don't agree with it, that's a problem for us. And that's a totally different spirit of that rule. And that line you're talking about, Billy, I think being employed now than what was originally intended. No, I, I agree. I agree with you there. And I think this seems to only flow one way. And that's the problem, yeah. too. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of times, you know, you, you don't hear it going the other way. It's, it always seems to be some Christian or conservative who's being you know, targeted or let go or put or pushed out. And I don't yeah. mean to be, you know, I don't mean to be over the top about it. But I, I mean, how many stories do you guys hear on the other side? Not many. Not many. I mean, no. the Christian we just had the other one of the Christian golfer who wanted to say some pro-life things and talk about her faith because she played in a tournament while she was seven months pregnant, which is an incredible feat in in and of itself. But uh, they wouldn't run her story. Ah, there's all that Christian stuff in there. Now that's, now wait a minute. It's a profile piece. And what does that have to do, whatever her life is and what her beliefs are with your magazine and your editorial stand? That has nothing to do with it. The person is who they are. And they should be allowed to say what they want to say. And that doesn't even reflect on you as a magazine. That's just that person sharing their views. And they squelch that. It seems, again, going above and beyond to make sure one view isn't heard. So, all right. Well, I appreciate you bringing that story, Trey. We'll keep an eye on Sage and see where she lands. And best wishes to her. We're going to move over to the main thing now. And our own Abigail Robertson recently sat down and spoke with presidential candidate Mike Pence, the former vice president who talked about a wide range of topics, including former President Trump, current President Biden, his faith, and more. That's today's main thing. So Vice President Pence, you have officially been in this race almost two months. What do you make of your campaign so far? How's it going? We just couldn't be more encouraged uh, at the outpouring of support at the Iowa State Fair over the last several days. And frankly, as we're traveling across uh, all the early states and around the country. Look, I, I think the American people know that uh, President Joe Biden has weakened this country at home and abroad. We've got to have change in the White House in 2024. But I also believe uh, that more and more Republicans every day are recognizing that uh, different times call for different leadership. Uh, and uh, uh, the encouragement that we've received convinces me that uh, we're going to have new leadership in the Republican Party as well, and we're going to continue to work our hearts out to earn the right to be that standard bearer and lead our party to victory, but more importantly, lead our country uh, back to prosperity and security. Mm-hmm. I've heard you say many times since you first announced that you were running that you did so after a lot of prayer and feeling like the I Lord did. was leading you to. So I want to ask you, in, in the first few weeks of your campaign, what has the Lord been speaking to you and, and how do you feel like God's been leading you? I just, uh, you know, for us, everything begins with prayer. My wife and I try and spend a little time every day uh, in prayer and in devotions uh, together. And, and we're strengthened by that. But in, in, in a very real sense, all the, 
The scripture tells us over and over again, that, um, I'll be with you. Now that doesn't promise victory, I understand that. I mean, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And uh, we felt God, God's grace from the very beginning of this campaign. And um, you know, our, our goal is to, is to run a campaign that honors God, that honors the values uh, that we stood for throughout our career, uh, but also uh, one that uh, one that that really maybe begins the process of raising the threshold of civility in public life. You know, our country is facing real challenges. I mean, we have war raging in Eastern Europe. China is continuing to menace in the Asia Pacific. Uh, we have a national debt the size of our nation's economy for the first time since World War II. Our economy is struggling, families are hurting, rising energy prices, a crisis at our border, crime in our streets, and a steady assault on, on those of us that believe in traditional moral values and liberties and life. Um, and, and I think now more than ever we need leadership that can uh, speak to the, the broad mainstream of the American public. Uh, to talk about our values, and, and, but to talk in a way that might be possible for us to um, bring, bring more Americans together to face these challenges. And that's the kind of campaign we're going to continue to run. Mm -hmm. Today's event was focused on education. This is a multifaceted issue that is likely going to be a key issue in 2024. You heard from Christian University presidents about some of their concerns religious liberty. And then we also know, um, not even just in higher education, there are a lot of parents that are concerned about what their kids, um, the impact public schools are having on their kids, what they're learning, um, just different policies there. So as president, what would you plan? Uh, how would you address these issues and these concerns? Well, I'm a strong supporter in educational choice, and I couldn't be more proud of the progress that's being made around the country. Look, parents, Parents don't co-parent with government, and we ought to empower parents across this country to choose where their children go to school, public, private, parochial, or homeschool. But also, uh, as President of the United States, I promise to push back on this radical gender ideology that's taken hold in many of our schools, and it's so harmful to our children. Um, and the foundation I created in Washington got involved uh, in a federal lawsuit involving a school right here in Iowa, where literally, uh, you you had to have a note from your parents to get a Tylenol, but you could get a gender transition plan from the health department at the Linmar Community Schools without parental consent. You know, that's just not bad policy, that's, that's crazy. And so defending the rights of parents uh, to be in the lead in their children's education and empowering parents to choose schools that reflect their values is absolutely essential. But in the area of higher education, but also all of Christian education, I, I think the challenge today with a changing culture is, is to ensure that we are defending the right of religious education in America. The First Amendment protects the freedom of religion in this country. And as President of the United States, um, I'll be appointing judges to our courts at every level that'll uphold religious liberty and the right to live, to work, to worship, and to learn according to the dictates of our conscience. You recently unveiled a new energy policy to make America one of the top energy producers by 2040. Mm -hmm. Why is this a key issue for you, and is your goal achievable? Well, well, first, 
whatever the media is talking about, not on CBN, but elsewhere every day, what I hear is I'm traveling around Iowa, New Hampshire, and across this country is that families are hurting. I mean, inflation has gone up 16.6% since the day we left office. Uh, the, the avalanche of spending out of the Biden administration launched the worst inflation in 40 years. But their war on energy has caused gasoline prices and energy prices to go through the roof. Uh, gasoline today costs 60% more than it did the day we left office. And electricity rates are up 25%. That's why we unveiled a plan not only to deal with inflation broadly, but also to end the war on energy, to restore energy independence, which we achieved during the Trump-Pence administration. But also, I think the time has come for us to reclaim our role as the number one energy producer in the world. Uh, China took that title uh, in 2006. But I think with the right vision and the right leadership and all of the above energy strategy, by the year 2040, we can once again be the leading producer of energy on the planet. Uh, and in a very real sense, uh, not only will our economy be more secure, but our security will be more secure as a result. You know, I, I've seen uh, just random people who call you a traitor, who believe that um, you, that you, your actions on January 6th, that you were a traitor. So what is your response when you meet those people, uh, to people who feel that way? I always point to the Constitution of the United States. I remind people that uh, when I became vice president, I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution. And that four years later, I was faced uh, uh, with a choice. Uh, whether or not I was going to oversee a session of Congress, preside as the Constitution says, where the state's electoral votes that had been certified and been reviewed in the courts would be open and counted, as the Constitution says, or, or whether I would do as uh, President Trump and several outside lawyers were arguing, and that is uh, use my authority as vice president to overturn the election. I mean, the American people deserve to know that the, the president... Uh, asked me to choose him over my oath to the Constitution, but I chose the Constitution, and I always will. And I must tell you, while, while I occasionally hear from detractors, my wife and I, once again, this, this week at the Iowa State Fair, were deeply humbled how many people came up and thanked us for the stand we took that day. Uh, even people of different political backgrounds and experiences. I, you know, the Bible says he keeps his oath even when it hurts. And I know something about that. Remember, I was on the ballot. Mm -hmm. I understand the disappointment in the 2020 election. But I truly do believe that uh, our country is more important than any one man. Our Constitution is more important than any one man's career. And as people consider us and consider the long sweep of our career, and they consider that fateful day, I, I hope they'll see that, uh, uh, that, uh, that I did my duty by God's grace that day to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And my final question for you, do you think we could see some convictions come from any of these indictments brought against your, your former running mate? Well, I, I would leave that to the courts. I think the president is entitled to the presumption of innocence that every American is entitled to, uh, and he should have his day in court, you know, particularly with regard to the recent indictment. I think I've been very clear. I hoped it hadn't come to that. I mean, the, I would have rather judgments about January 6 and his conduct on that day were left to the judgment of, of the American people. But 
we'll, we'll leave the judicial process to itself. But I'll always continue to make it clear to people that I believe by God's grace I did my duty that day. Uh, and I hope that, I hope uh, people even that have questions about that will take time to look, to reflect on our Constitution. And uh, uh, they'll see that if I have the great privilege of serving as President of the United States, I'll always keep my oath. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Vice President. Good to see you. Thank you. All right, Abigail, thanks so much for that conversation there. Really appreciate it. You can check out that full conversation, by the way, over on our YouTube channel, the CBN News YouTube channel. That's going to leave us with time on the podcast for one last thing. Yeah, so Ecclesiastes 11.9, follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's a great verse because the Bible says, guard your heart. Your eyes, you know, are basically the key to your heart. What you see is what is what sort of comes out of you. So seeing this verse, it's like, yeah, go ahead, follow your ways, do whatever you want to do yeah. with what you see, but you're going to be accountable. Yeah, and I think that's something we forget. I know I kind of lose focus on as a Christian a lot is that fact that we are not, not our salvation is not at risk based on our works, right? But we are going to be held accountable for all of the things we do, like everything, and you forget, you get on the other side of eternity. It's not like, well, I got an appointment. I, her, let's hurry up with this, God. Let's get through all my things. No, you've got eternity. So plenty of time to go through all the stuff that you did in your life. But the point is, you're going to be held accountable for that. So it sh really should guide our choices moving forward. Yeah, so we've been going through Hebrews in my church. And this verse just reminds me of what we've been talking about, which is that our, our worship and the sacrifice that we give is an outpouring of the inward transformation of the Holy Spirit, right? So without that, it's like... We, why wouldn't we follow our heart yeah. and follow our feelings and our desires? Because yep. that's that's what comes naturally to us. So this passage is a great reminder of where our priority ought to be. Absolutely. It's a good place to end this Friday, Junior, as well. And we encourage you, as always, to get on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, we shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then. <laughs>